0: Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. So, it was my birthday not very long ago, and I am like my love language is gifts. So, when somebody gives me a gift that like is like spot on, it just makes me come alive. <laughs> I mean, I love like Every gift, it's not like it has to be an expensive gift. It could literally be like when my kids bring me a hand-drawn note and I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. It doesn't really matter what the gift is, but we know when somebody gives you a gift and you're like, this gift is for me and they thought about me and they know me, um... So I I just really appreciate that. And I got a gift in the mail for my birthday from one of my friends who I just adore. And this is it, right? So I open up the the box and it's, or, and this box is inside the boxes. There's, you know, there's always like a box inside a box inside a box. And then you get to the end, it's like this big, but the box is like huge. Nobody, that's never happened to anybody else. (laughs) Cool, just me. Um, so, I get this gift, and first of all, I'm a sucker for some branding, and that is cute as heck. <laughs> box Fox. I was like, yes, I already know this is perfect. So, I open the box, and there's like the cutest birthday card you've ever seen, just sitting on top with a handwritten note, because somebody at this company like handwrites the notes, so it's like your friend wrote the note, which is the cutest. And then you like take off the little sticker paper and there's this like smell that starts coming out. A good smell, not a bad smell. Just to be clear. And it's this candle, voluspa, prosecco rose. I mean, it smells so good. So this like beautiful scent comes wafting out of my gift. I'm like, oh my gosh, they love me and they know me. And then there's like this sweet little, it's all like dusty rose pink, and it like this is kind of glittery, so that's fun little face mask, some socks, you know, all of these, like, <laughs> little things, <laughs> and then um, these amazing, like, soaking salts. So this beautiful little gift comes in the mail, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel so loved, I'm just so thankful, and, and God just stirred something in my heart in that moment about the unboxing of a gift, And the unboxing of something that's given to us when it's intended for us. And he just started to reveal to me that when we receive Jesus into our heart, when we make him the Lord of our lives, he delivers this gift to us. And we have this like beautiful thing that comes wrapped in the mail. And if you're a guy, it probably smells like, I don't know vanilla tobacco candle, isn't that the one that's always like the man candle in Marshall's? Whatever it is, oak, musk oak or something. Yours is probably musk oak and there's probably not soaking salts in a facial, but maybe there's like french fries and I don't know. This wafting scent of french fries coming out of the box of your heart. I don't know. But your box probably looks a little bit different than mine. But how much would it be a waste of something beautifully intended for us if we just left all of this in the box, right? If I, like, if I just said, oh, that's so cute, but I never actually took these super soft comfy socks and wore them around my house at night when nobody could see me, because they'll look ridiculous, but they'll be awesome. And like, if I never use this pearl brightening mask, my skin might not glow, You get what I'm saying, though. What use is the gift if it just stays in the box? And so, what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me to share with you was what does it look like for us to take what was given to us and unbox it and see what it really is for? To open up the Word, to get to know the love of a Father. To start to encounter the Holy Spirit who is a gift that Jesus left us to to live out our lives with. What does it look like to unbox everything that we thought we knew and ask God what he wants us to do with it? Jesus did the unboxing of the century when he stepped on the earth and he started his public ministry. He was constantly bringing discomfort to all of the religious traditions of the day. And see, to me, when we live with our lives like this, this is like our religious box, right? This is what we're comfortable with. We know what's in there. We don't have to, we just, it just looks cute. And we're like, look at this. Intended for me. It's still in the box. Looks great. But sometimes when you take off the lid and you start getting into it all, There's all these little things (laughs) that you weren't expecting. And it gets a little bit messy and a little bit uncomfortable, and you got to figure out what to do with all the pieces that came in your box. But that's actually the unwrapping and the adventure that God invites us to. See, Jesus came, and he started upsetting all of the religion of the day, which I love that we sang that song this morning. I used to think that I could box you in, but I'm letting go. We can't put God in this little box. And when Jesus walked the earth, he would encounter people who had started to make the love of God and relationship with God religious and law and only law, and they actually took the law that God gave them and they added more laws onto the laws just to make it extra safe, just in case they didn't quite get it right. So they had taken like the simple law and they had added all these things to it. And that's a whole message on the Sabbath that we could go into, which we won't today. (laughs) Some of them got it. Some of them got that Jesus was in the middle of upturning and reworking what man had created but some people couldn't get their heads out of the religious box and so they began to miss what Jesus had actually come to do and so my question for us is where am I where are you and what are we missing because we live in the box that's safe and where does Jesus this morning want to take the lid off of the box of our, of our religious tradition and make us alive in what he's doing right now, currently, right now? Because he's doing something right now. And I guess the next question becomes, well, how do we know that that's what God wants us to do? How do we know that he wants us to live free and light and in this adventure life with him? Because Jesus came And he did exactly that. He started upturning the religion. And he started making it about relationship and a love relationship with him. And he said to the religious leaders, I only do what I see my father doing. So we can be sure that he wants us to get out of the box of religion this morning. Because he got people out of the box of religion. And then he said, I only do what I see my father doing. So we know that that this is what God wants for us, right? Right. I love it. (laughs) So I just want to read to us quickly a passage where Jesus is unboxing everything for people. We'll start in John 5, um, in verse 1. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blinds, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. Thank you. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool. When the water bubbles up, someone, is always, someone else always gets there ahead of me. So Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. Incredible. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So here's the turn. Incredible miracle. Here we go. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. (laughs) My gosh. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. "'Who said such a thing as that?' they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, "'Now you are well, so stop sinning. Stop doing what you used to do. Or something even worse may happen to you.' Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, "'My Father is always working.'" And so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to try to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, but he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Tell me this is not a passage where the Son of God upturns some serious religious mindset. I mean, like, flips it on its head. These religious leaders became so offended by the fact that Jesus healed a man who had been lame for 38 years. They would have known that man because he was in their city. He was at that pool, waiting for his miracle. Waiting They knew who he was, but they missed the miraculous healing of a man who had been sick for 38 years because they could not get past Jesus healing him on the Sabbath. And as I read that, I was like, man, I hope I don't ever do that. Man, I hope I never miss what God is doing because I'm so caught up in some stale religious mindset that I can't see how God is moving right in my midst. (laughs) Do you know what's amazing is Jesus was making them uncomfortable, but he wasn't abolishing the law of the Sabbath. He wasn't saying don't have a Sabbath. What he was saying is Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So he came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. He was taking what was law And created religion for people that kept them in a box, and he was breathing the life of relationship into it. And for you and I, that's everything. Because if we get caught up in these rules that we have to tick off, and we say yes to Jesus and we surrender our lives, but we live by rules, and boxes and checklists of how to be a good Christian and look right for everybody else, we will miss the whole point because God did not come to give us law. He came to give us relationship and law was a precursor to get back to relationship. (laughs) Rules will leave us burned out. You know what's beautiful though? When you start to encounter the living God and you understand the word of God and you encounter the Holy Spirit and he comes alive inside of you, all you'll want to do is do what pleases him. And so by default, you will become the believer that looks like what his word says and what, what he's asked us to do. This is what it says in Matthew 11. This is actually after Jesus just, has just addressed the fact that he's been in a bunch of cities doing miracles and they have completely missed it. And he's turning to a group of people in kindness. And it actually says, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. So he's looked at a bunch of religious cities and he's gone. They've completely missed where I moved. Let me turn to these people who don't know about all that side of things. And I'm going to talk to them tenderly and explain it. And he says, the father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father and son operation coming out of father and son, intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the, the father does, nor the father the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself, thank Jesus. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anybody who's willing to listen. That's amazing. And he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. That's what it looks like to move from rules to relationships. That's what it looks like to get out of the fear zone and just let God begin to unbox what it looks like to live in relationship with him. It means walking with him and working with him. It doesn't mean doing nothing. It means walking life out in a conversation with God. It means working with him. Getting your hands to the plow. When you see him doing something, when you see him moving, get in there and start to work with him because you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You'll learn how to take a rest even when you're working. <laughs> I just wrote this thought down. The Christian life worked out in us is simple love God and love people. If you want, like, the, the baseline, Love God with everything you've got. Because when you love him with everything you've got, you start to say yes to everything he asks, right? So love God and love people. Put others before yourself. Lift others up. But this is what it looks down broken, looks like broken down a little more. Living like Jesus, looking like Jesus, and walking in obedience by the word of God, moving in faith with the Holy Spirit as we trust our Heavenly Father for everything that we need. That's what it looks like broken down and worked out. So we know that Jesus was always inviting people out of the box, right? Does anybody feel invited out of the box this morning? I do, personally. Everybody was invited. Everybody. Even the people that didn't choose to come. Everybody's invited to get out of the box. So I want to share with you another story because I think it will help us just dive in a little bit deeper to what it looks like to live a life that's unboxed. So it's in Luke 14. It says one day Jesus was on his way to dine with a prominent Jewish religious leader for a Sabbath meal. So he's on his way to an important person's house. That's important for us to get. Everyone was watching him to see if he would heal anybody on the Sabbath. Do you ever get the feeling that people were just like, like, how annoying would that be? <laughs> just trying to live your life and bring some healing to people and you've got these like, Like, I wonder if they were totally creeping, like, through the bushes, you know? Like, where were they? Were they just, like, awkwardly walking behind him, or were they hiding behind things, or did they have spies? I don't know. If anybody has any theological insight on that, please share later. Not right now. That would be weird. Um, Everyone was watching him to see if he would heal anyone on the Sabbath. Just then, standing right in front of him, was a man suffering with his limbs, swollen with fluid. And when I read a a Bible story, I like to really get myself in that place, right? So I want you to put yourself on this road and imagine this situation happening. Jesus is on his his way to an important person's house. He encounters this man suffering with his limbs swollen with fluid. Jesus asked the experts of the law and the Pharisees who were present, is it permitted within the law to heal a man on the Sabbath day? Is it right or wrong? No one dared to answer because they knew Jesus was a boss. So Jesus turned to the sick man, took a hold of him, and released healing to him, then sent him on on his way. And Jesus said to them all, if one of your children or one of your animals fell into a well, wouldn't you do, do all you could do to rescue them, even if it was on the Sabbath day? There was nothing they could say. All were silenced. So if this was your child, he was saying, would you not do anything to make sure that they could receive healing? And how beautiful is it that in that moment, Jesus knew this is a child of God. And he is worth me stopping on the road to where I'm going to bring healing to. And y'all can say what you want, but this is my child. So there's a few things I wanna pull out of this that hopefully will be handles for you as you start to walk this unboxed Christianity out in your life. Number one, he sees you. Jesus sees you. You should probably write it down in your note. He sees me. You know how we like take notes in church, but we're like, they, you know, us. You can change that. Me, I, he sees me. We've got to start walking around as believers with the attitude that He sees us. We've got to show up. We've got to show up to life with the attitude like, I'm here for it. Let's go. I'm here. I'm ready. Because God sees me. He sees me. He is not going to pass you by. There is no event, there is no service, there is no song. That is more important to him than you. So you walk in this room and you stand in these seats. And we start to lift our praise to the king of heaven. And you have to remember that he sees you. So if you came in broken. Like this man that Jesus encountered on the road. You are his child. And he sees you. He doesn't see a big group of people. He sees his child. And he wants to know where you are. He wants you to tell him where you are, and he will stop on the road to somewhere else to see his child and to bring healing to you. There is nothing else that's more important to him. So we can come in here and we can just sing through some songs and brush by the tradition of what a Sunday morning looks like and we can start to get used to it. But everything that happens on a Sunday morning in this service is designed so that you would have an encounter with God. You don't need a religious experience. You need an encounter with a living God. And he sees you. He's not too busy to see you. He's not too busy to heal you. He is not too busy to minister to where you, exactly where you are at. So maybe today for you, getting out of the box means walking in a Sunday morning and going, this is me and him. This is an encounter with God this morning. I'm going to lift my eyes to heaven and I'm going to tell him where I'm at. I'm gonna throw off the, the tradition and the religion of it and I'm gonna have an encounter with a God who loves me and sees me as his child. Right. Number two, he's moving. He's moving in a way that you're not gonna expect or see coming. There might be some things that feel familiar to you, but God is always moving in a new way. He always has something fresh for you. You cannot exhaust scripture you could read the bible as many times as humanly possible in a lifetime and you cannot exhaust its depth or its life and you know what's really cool i've learned now that i have children is as i open their children's bibles and i read to them the stories will make me weep in a children's bible like the one pager will have me like thank you jesus Because he makes it so simple for me again. He's moving. Sometimes we come in a room or we're walking around in life and God is trying to speak to us and invite us into what he's doing in a place or invite us into a deeper healing. But we're so uncomfortable that we can't get out of our chair. We don't want to raise our hands. We don't want to go further than we've ever gone because we're uncomfortable. But can I tell you this morning... Sometimes you need to get a little bit uncomfortable. Sometimes it needs to feel different. For the religious leaders, it felt so different that they missed it. For us, it can't be that way. We can't miss it because it feels uncomfortable. If God is stretching you to something new, then you've got to get a little bit uncomfortable. You know, we have ministry team all down the front before service, after service, during ministry time in service. Do you know why? We do that. It's uncomfortable sometimes to, to make your way down to the front and say, hey, I'd love if you just pray for me. You know, it can be small. Like, I've got this thing happening this week. Or like, I need healing from cancer. Or I've had back problems for 20 years. And I just, I, I would love if you'd pray for me. These people are gifted and are called to speak and pray into your lives. That's what they want to do with their lives. They want to be here. They show up. They're ready because they know God can do anything You know, all you have to do is get a little uncomfortable and come down. And they'll just pray for you. I mean, every single one of us, including myself, can use prayer every week. I don't know about you, but I've got things going on in my life, and I could use prayer for them. But it takes a little bit of uncomfort. God is moving. He's doing stuff. He's healing people. He's bringing provision. He's bringing life. He's putting hope and restoration back in his children. But are you missing it because you're uncomfortable? That's a real question, right? Like what needs to stretch in you this morning to not miss what God is doing in your life because he loves you? I wrote this down um, and I wanted to read it. I wrote, I will not let religion steal relationship with the God of heaven and earth who knows my name and is father, savior, comforter, and friend. I will not let religion steal relationship with the God of heaven and earth who knows my name and his father, savior, comforter, and friend. And the last thing I wanted to share with us this morning is he's not finished. He's done incredible things. He sees you and he's moving, but he's not finished. So we gotta be ready for anything. Amen? John five nineteen 19, start, starting in verse 19 says, so Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. This comes from what we were talking about earlier. The son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. And whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished for just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. He's moving this morning. He's moving, whether you've seen it or not, if you just turn your gaze towards him, turn your heart, shift your heart towards a father who loves you and a son who has not come to condemn you, but to bring you life, not through religion, but through relationship. John 5, 24 says, it's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I am saying right now and aligns himself with the Father who has in fact put me in charge has at this very moment, the real lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. This person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. So he's moving this morning. And he's inviting you to life. And in a minute, we're going to have some time. We're just going to worship. And we're going to have our ministry team come up in just a moment. So that if you're willing, you can get a little bit uncomfortable. (laughs) Y'all didn't think I was going to let you leave without giving you an opportunity, right? (laughs) But before we do that, I just wanted to take a minute. Because... Maybe you haven't said yes to Jesus yet. Maybe you thought this was all about religion and ticking boxes. And I believe that God is flipping some of that stuff upside down for people this morning and bringing the revelation that it's actually about relationship because he loves you and he sees you and he knows you by name. And he's calling you to something new. He's calling you to something fresh. And he's gonna walk with you on the journey. So if we can all just close our eyes for a moment. If that's this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never surrendered your life to him and said, yes, God, I wanna walk out a living relationship with you, the God of heaven, the King of my heart. Or maybe you said yes at some point in your life and there was just a disconnect along the way and you found yourself far from God and far from relationship. Maybe you found yourself trapped there. And this morning you're like, it's like God has taken off the chains and you wanna say yes to him. If you fall in either one of those groups of people, I'm gonna count to three and I just want you to get uncomfortable and raise your hand and say yes. Yes, God. Say yes to Jesus this morning. So one, Jesus loves you more than you could possibly fathom. Two, he died on the cross and he rose again so that you could have life. And three, why don't you just be brave? And if it's that, that's you this morning, would you just put your hand up high? Be brave. Get out of the box. Let's not live there anymore, hey? That's awesome. So good. Awesome. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else before we pray together? If God is stirring something on the inside of you. Don't let it wait. Don't let it wait this morning. The time is now. Thank you, Jesus. All right. well, this is what we do. You can put your hand down. We're gonna say a prayer together because we're a family and that's what we do, Okay. So if you repeat after me, we're gonna believe this together and celebrate. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Come on. Thank you that you died for me. I am a sinner in need of grace. And you are the way, the truth, and the life. I want to be a Christian, a follower of you, Jesus. I surrender my life, come into my heart, and be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amazing. Amazing. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of colonial forward in Jesus name. God bless you.